athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. You're locked into the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We're 40 days away from the start of the college football season. It's a great time in sports. Well, more so for the anticipation of football, the National Football League, college football, more so. The NBA sort of now taking a back seat, although I tell you what, the NBA has become a year-round thing if you will, with free agency, uh, with the playoffs, with the finals, uh, with the storylines, even during the regular season. The NBA, we've talked about this a lot, but now it's time to focus on football, and that is, in fact, what we're going to do today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, we are having our live broadcast, Box to Row, Countdown to kickoff. It's the fourth countdown to kickoff. And more specifically for our listeners in the state of North Carolina, I'm going to get even more specific to our listeners in the Raleigh-Durham area, uh, particularly those that listen on Buzz Sports Radio. I expect to see you at Zwelly's Kitchen, located at 4600 Durham Chapel Hill Boulevard in Durham, 4600 Durham Chapel Hill Boulevard in Durham, I, I, I expect to see you all in the place. You know, it, it, it's just an exciting time, um, as mentioned. And um, we're going to have eight. There are ten. There, first of all, the state of North Carolina has the most HBCUs than any other state. And you have nine HBCUs that play football. And, of course, when you add Chowan into that, that's ten institutions that play HBCU football. So we have eight coaches that are going to be at the count uh, head coaches. That is that are going to, that are going to be at the countdown um, to kick off. It's our fourth time doing this. I'm super stoked about this thing. Um, you know, we've gotten the word out and we want to see you in the place. It's an opportunity. Uh, it's going to be maybe a little bit of trash talking. It's a, it, it's a chance for camaraderie. It's almost become a summit. You know, again, this is our fourth one. We've had more participation as the years have gone on. We started this thing. Um, seems like the first year was 2014 may have been 2014. We had, um, the coach, uh, coaches from Shaw, St. Augustine's, and North Carolina Central started it out. The next year, we expanded to Fayetteville State. Then we, in, in, two, in 2017, expanded it to include all of the coaches across the state. And we had six coaches um, to, to participate. Now we have eight. So this thing is just continuing 
to grow and I'm super stoked about it. Um, you know, the CIAA had its media day on Thursday, predictive order of finishes and, 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 and all conference teams were announced. We're going to talk a little bit more um, about that, but it's going to be a great time. And I invite all of you that are able to come out, especially like I mentioned, those that listen to us in the Raleigh-Durham Triangle area on Buzz Sports Radio. It's enough time. The, the event starts at noon. The event starts at noon. We're from noon to two. It's going to be a live radio show. Um, so no excuse for you not to be able to come out, cheer on your favorite team, coaches from Winston-Salem State, St. Augustine's, Shaw, North Carolina Central, Johnson C. Smith, Elizabeth City State, uh, Fayetteville State, and Chowan going to be in the building. It's going to be a great time. I expect to see your face in the place. Listen, a whole lot to get to today here on From the Press Box to Press for a lot of college football talk, a lot of HBCU football talk today on the program. Had a chance to be at the SWAC Media Day in Birmingham on Tuesday. It had been about four years since I had been at the SWAC Media Day. And I, I tell you what, you know, I've been going to the SWAC Media Day since 2000, 2000, either 2007 or 2008 was the first year that I was at SWAC Media Day. And, um, it, it, you know, I've been, you know, four or five times and it's just gotten better to the point that this year it was great. You know, they had a situation where, um, like most media days, the uh, but this was a little bit different, actually, because the coaches um, came up on the SWAC digital network, talked about what to expect. Um, if you wanted to be around that and hear that, you could. But then you, the coaches that were just there, you could go into another media room and get your one-on-one. So I was able to get one-on-ones with every single coach. And the thing about going to these media days, it gives me an opportunity to really reconnect with the coaches. You hear those coaches weekend, uh, weekend and week out. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row, and we do it via phone. But it gives you a chance to really reconnect with some of the coaches, meet some of the coaches in person that I haven't met in person before. Um, you know, I hadn't met formally Fred McNair, the head football coach of Alcorn State in person. I had a chance to be, of course, at the Celebration Bowl in 2018 when Alcorn State appeared. I had a chance to ask him a question, but we never met in person. So we had a chance to have um, a couple of minutes. Connell Maynard at Alabama A&M um, hadn't seen him in quite some time since probably his days, um, probably at Winston Salem at Winston. No, maybe at Hampton during the media days when Hampton was in the MEAC. It was good to see him. Good to 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 meet Eric Dooley, the head coach at Prairie View A&M in his second season. Um, good to meet John Hendricks, the head coach of Jackson State in his second season, uh, second season, Cedric Thomas, um, the head coach at Arkansas. Pompano. I mean, I could go on and on down the list. And of course, it gave me an opportunity not only to meet those coaches, but to get interviews with them one on one. Broderick Fobbs had a chance. Um, I hadn't seen him in quite some time since 2015. So it gave an opportunity to be able to either meet or reacquaint myself with coaches that, yeah, generally we talk by phone or text, but not in person. And um, I mean, it was just, it was just, a, it, you know, listen, it was a great time. Um, you're going to hear that on the HBCU football daily podcasts. Of course, on Thursday, we finished up with the teams from the SIAC. Our last team to preview from the SIAC was Lane. Uh, the latest edition of the HBCU football daily podcast features Grambling State and the aforementioned 
Broderick Fobbs. And not only did I talk with Coach Fobbs about Grambling and last year and what to expect, and I mean, we got into some other things as well. Of course, they uh, Grambling had some tragedy during the off season, uh, and and again, I'm going to let you listen to that interview if you want to learn more about that. And I asked him also about the his future. He's a Grambling alum, but I asked him about his future, not necessarily at Grambling, but in the confines of college football as a whole, not HBCU football per se, not FCS football per se, not FBS football per se, but college football as a whole. And he had some interesting things um, to say. So I want you to have a chance to be able to listen to that. Also had a chance to catch up with the commissioner of the SWAC Uh, of the SWAC conference, Dr. Charles McClelland, man, I tell you what, uh, they had before the coaches got up and spoke. Okay. On the SWAC digital network, um, Dr. McClelland sort of introduced himself and, and talked about a number of different initiatives that the SWAC has. And I was, you know, like I was really impressed because my involvement with the SWAC began really in 2005 when we started this show. And I had a chance to be at the SWAC championship game. Also, we did a live broadcast from the SWAC championship game back in 2005. So I got to sort of see some of the inner workings of the SWAC. And I'll tell you what, the SWAC has come a long way, a long way since 2005. And Dr. McClelland really talked about some of the initiatives that the SWAC has in place. He talked about the fact that the Council of Presidents voted for the SWAC championship game to take place on the respective campus of the higher seed, which that was voted on because there was some talk. And if you remember going back a couple of years ago, the SWAC decided to cancel the SWAC championship game and said it was going to put all of its efforts behind the Celebration Bowl. I think at that time that was somewhat of a cop-out. Uh, and and more so, I think it was a cop-out uh, because they they were losing money. Like, they weren't making money with the SWAC championship game. I think it came to a head and to the point that they decided not to put it on. Um, they had had some successes at Houston. When you look at maybe the Southern and Alcorn State game a couple of uh, years ago, that was a game that had 48,000 uh, in attendance. But not, you know, you look at overall, they were they weren't making money. So, but they ultimately decided to move the games on the campus of the respective schools and more specifically the school that had the higher seed. And they voted to do that again this year. I think they were uh, maybe talking about trying to move it to a, a city or a location, but that was voted upon because now I didn't have a chance to be at the SWAC championship game last year, but from everything that I heard, and it's, they're still talking about the SWAC championship game on Alcorn State's campus, which was absolutely tremendous on last year. So I think it's a good thing. Generally, the SWAC is going to uh, have a, a, a good attendance, whether it's the team that's hosting or whether it's the team that's traveling. Generally, the SWAC does well, and that's why um, they have led in, when I think, the last 50 years or so, all but one year, the SWAC has led uh, FCS or 1AA in attendance. So that was a good thing he talked about. He also talked about the fact that um, it's not uh, the ink isn't dry yet, if you will, but the SWAC tournament, basketball tournament, is going to move to Birmingham. And as a matter of fact, so many different things that Dr. McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC, had a chance to talk about. So you're going to hear from Dr. Uh, McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC, 
today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of From the Press Box to Press Row. Follow me into our solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Make sure you got your radio loud. The God Rock can the scene of the mic, y'all. Hip-hop forever. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. You're listening to from the press box to press roll. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbread, the neighborhood original. Brought to you by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Visit them at harlembeernc.com. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. From the press box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports leader. I met him in a club hanging out one night. He said, hello, I'm George. Highlight, how's everything going, huh? How you doing? Hope everything's fine. Ooh, and um, can I call you sometime? Can I get the digits? And the address so I can come visit. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us on the conversation. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Follow us while you're there as well. Also follow us on Instagram, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. If you want to join in on the conversation, a lot of swag talk to get to, a lot of CIAA talk to get to still to come here on the program had a chance to catch up with SWAC commissioner Dr. Charles McClelland going to replay that interview a little bit later on in the program thank you to those listening to us on our great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row for instance sports talk 97.7 FM out of the Monroe Ruston northern Louisiana area how about those in K at uh, listening to us KTTP in Alexandria, Louisiana? How about those listening to us on WFSK in Nashville? Those that listen to us on satellite radio, Sirius XM channels 141 and 142, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Thank you for making from the press box to press row a part of your day. Before we go on, um, the SWAC lost. A 
figure, a big figure, when it comes to swack and swack football, as former Alabama State head coach Houston Markham Jr. passed away on Wednesday morning. And Coach Markham was the winningest head coach in Hornets football history. Coached there from 1987 till 1997. Had 68 victories in that stretch. 68 victories during that stretch. Of course, the Hornets went 11-0-1 in 1991. And, of course, he had a chance to coach some great coaches, including Reggie Barlow, the now head football coach at Virginia State. And so uh, a big loss for the SWAC, a big loss for Alabama State, Houston Markham Jr., former head football coach, passed away on Wednesday. Want to give some big shots out. And, again, going to these media days gives an opportunity to not only – uh, converse in person with the head football coaches, but also colleagues. Big shots out to my my folks from the Carlos Brown radio show. Carlos Brown does an excellent job with his radio show, comes out of Baton Rouge, talks Southern football, or really Southern athletics, talks swack um, in a number of different things. So big shots out to the Carlos Brown radio show, to Dr. Cavill and Charles Bishop, another radio show, a nice radio show out of uh, Houston, a lot of swack talk, Texas Southern, etc. cetera. Uh, to my man, Luke Williams, the editor of the Black College Sports page, had a chance to see him. And then, of course, the folks from HBCU Game Day um, had a chance to see my man, Charles Edmund, uh, who's the play-by-play voice for Allcorn State, um, had a chance to see him, hadn't seen him in a while. And, of course, he comes on the program from time to time to talk Allcorn State and SWAC football. A number of different people had a chance to see Mike Wallace, my man Mike Wallace from Grind City Media. You've heard him more recently. We talk NBA. Um, you know, as, as some of you may know, we had a really uh, a good partnership with Grind City Media, um, which is the .com. Grind City Media and GrindCityMedia.com, which is the website, the official website for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's, of course, the editor of that. Mike and I go back a long way. He was at SWAC Media Day, had a chance to do, a, a matter of fact, a piece with him. We did a piece. We talked about um, Jackson State and Alcorn State and the expectations um, for them. So just a good time to see a lot of colleagues as well. So let's talk some SWAC football here on the program and had a chance to catch up with each and every coach. And, of course, that'll come through in the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Grambling is the latest podcast that's up. Log on to BoxToRow.com. You know, no surprise when you're talking about all-conference players, no surprise that Noah Johnson um, was selected first-team quarterback from Alcorn State. Phenomenal year last year. I mean, his last game uh, put up some really good numbers against A&T in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, Alcorn State fell in that game. But this kid has come a long way. Um, I, I, you know, he, he's going to be good because the offensive line for Alcorn State is going to be absolutely tremendous. Of the five spots on the offensive line, three of them belong to Alcorn State. Deontay Brooks uh, made an offensive lineman, Kevin Hall, and then, of course, the anchor of that offensive line, Mustafa Ibrahim, uh, who was a box-to-row All-American, um, listen, you got that offensive line. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget about Deshaun Waller, uh, the running back. I mean, it's almost, and I, and I said this uh, during 
the hit that I did with Mike for GrindCityMedia.com. It's like an embarrassment of riches for Alcorn State when you look at them, especially from an offensive perspective. I mean, they got some good wide receivers um, that are probably underrated as well. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the defense, I think, may have taken a little bit of a hit on the defensive line. The two ends that they had, hard to replace them. But when you got Solomon Muhammad, the linebacker, who is absolutely tremendous and absolute beast. As a matter of fact, when you look at this SWAC team, I mean, there's some beast linebackers. We talked about for the last couple of years, Darius Christmas um, of uh, of Grambling, but uh, Demarius Christmas, that is, of Grambling. But, I mean, there are some beast offensive line or linebackers in the SWAC. When you're talking about the likes of Deron Johnson of Alabama State, Armani Holloway of Alabama A&M, and then, of course, Solomon Muhammad of Alcorn State. Alcorn also has two other um, first-team all-SWAC defensive players in defensive backs, Javen Morrison and Quintario Cole. Those guys are really good. I mean, I think that's a it's a bit of an issue up front. I don't know that it's going to be that big of an issue for long. Last year was the best defensive, uh, the best defense that Alcorn State had had in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think that eventually the, that defensive line is going to come around. You got so many playmakers on that defense that the defensive line were, were one of two things. It'll either come around or the other guys are just going to make plays bottom line if you have some younger guys on that defensive line. So um, I think one of the guys to look out for, okay, one of the guys, in my opinion, to look out for. And by the way, listen, I am super impressed with the head football coach at uh, at Arkansas Pine Bluff, Cedric Thomas. Uh, we had him on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast last year. It was the first time that I had a chance to uh, to be able to talk with him um, at that time and had a chance to talk with him in person. And he's just real. Like, there's no coach speak. You know, he's just, you know, straight up to the point. I know that the Golden Lions only won one football game last year. I mean, I get all of that. But I'm going to tell you what. They have, I think, the sleeper player in the SWAC. And he's not, it's hard. When a guy rushes for over 1,200 yards, averages 6.4 yards per carry, nine rushing touchdowns, it's hard to call him a sleeper player. But a lot of people weren't talking about Taylor Porter, the running back from Arkansas Pine Bluff, because of the fact that the Golden Lions only won one football game last year. I think when the season is all said and done, it's going to be Taylor Porter that we're talking about as the SWAC's conference or the SWAC conference offensive player of the year. It's going to be Taylor Porter. That guy is absolutely tremendous. Um, he's got a solid offensive line coming back. He's got uh, got a couple of really good uh, running backs, uh, wide receivers that is coming back. Um, he's got another good running back to take some of the pressure off of him. And a good quarterback. I mean, that offense was really good. A lot of people don't remember, but Arkansas Pine Bluff averaged almost 426 yards of total offense last year. And a lot of that gets lost behind the, because the defense wasn't that good. I think Cedric Thomas's defense is going to be good. He was, he even said to me, I was embarrassed by that defense last year because I am a defensive coach and that defense was not good at all. So he's going to make some changes there. I think they're going to be better defensively. I mean, they do have. Uh, you know, and, and again, I mentioned on offense, Dewan Miller's that guy to watch. I mean, that guy's a deep, three, a deep threat. I mean, you're talking about a guy 
that averaged like 26 yards per reception on last year. I mean, they got a, a, a guy to build around on defense, on the defensive line in Jalen Stewart. So uh, I think the defense is going to be improved. I think Arkansas Pine Bluff is going to be improved. And I think that Taylor Porter, by the time it's all said and done, is going to be your conference's player of the year. Let's take a look at the predicted order of finish in the Eastern Division. Uh, Alcorn State at number one, followed by Alabama A&M, number two, Jackson State, at number three, Alabama State, number four, Mississippi Valley State, number five. I, I think that Mississippi Valley State is going to be a, a little bit improved this year. Also, they had only one con- uh, one win or really two wins uh, last year, one conference win, one non-conference win. But, but you know, that Eastern Division is tough. Like it's going to be as good as I think Alabama A&M is going to be. I like a kill glass. They're uh, the, the quarterback for Alabama A&M. I really like him. I think his progression during the course of the season was great. When you look at Connell Maynard as his head coach, that's I mean, that really bodes well for Glass to be even better. Here, matter of fact, um, uh, when I talk with Coach Maynard, he compared him. If a lot of you Winston-Salem State people and really HBCU folk are going to remember Cameron Smith, who was the Boxero um, National Offensive Player of the Year, I think it was 2011. I mean, that guy was really, really good. He compares him, meaning a kill glass, to a Cameron Smith. I think Cameron Smith that year, that his last year had something, he had 40-something, almost 50 touchdowns, like six, six interceptions, something like that. He compares him to him. So I think Alabama a and is going to be, I, I, I like the predicted order of finish there um, in the Eastern Division. And I think that's going to be so. I mean, I think ultimately Alcorn State's going to win the championship. But, I mean, it's not going to be easy on the Western Division side. Southern followed by Prairie View A&M, Grambling State, Texas Southern, um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, listen, I, I have no problem with that, with with the predicted order finish, other than I think Arkansas Pine Bluff – I. You know, I'm going to predict right now. I'm going to put Arkansas. Somehow Arkansas Pine Bluff is going to sneak into the number three spot. You heard it here um, on on Box to Row that Arkansas Pine Bluff is somehow going to sneak into the number three spot um, in the SWAC's Western Division. But listen, I mean, when you look at that Western Division, Prairie View A&M's got a, a, a really good football team. And when, when you look at Dewanya Tucker's a second team all-conference guy. He returns. Prairie View Adams is going to be good, but Southern's going to be right there, too. I, I, I think it's right. I think Southern's going to be that team to beat. It's a toss-up to me between Grambling and Prairie View A&M for that number two spot. Um, Christian Wallace comes back at wide receiver um, for, uh, for Prairie View A&M. Uh, more talk about the SWAC a little bit later on and the CIAA. Up next, the commissioner of the SWAC, Dr. Charles McClelland. The SWAC made some announcements of some of the great initiatives that they have forthcoming. Dr. Charles McClelland had a chance to talk with him. He is the commissioner of the SWAC. Had a chance to talk with him at Media Day in Birmingham on Tuesday. All right, we're going to wrap up SWAC Media Day here on Box to Row, and I'm joined by the commissioner of the SWAC, Dr. Charles McClelland. And I tell you what, I've been to many of these media days over the years myself and the announcement, some of the, the, the great and exciting things that the SWAC has put forth, um, this gentleman announced today. So I want to, first of all, welcome you to the program. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. I think this is actually my first time. And let me tell you how significant 
uh, you are and what you are to the community. Uh, when I was at Texas Southern as the vice president of intercollegiate athletics, I had an opportunity to teach a sports management class. Your poll and your website was a significant part of that overall process. One of the projects was for the class to rank uh, black college football. And your poll was the standard in which we utilize as a training and learning tool. So don't ever underestimate the power and the impact you have in our community. Wow. I'm humbled by you saying that. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, so I want to start with a couple of the announcements. First of all, so you've been on the job seven months or so. How is it to this point? Well, I started September 1st. So I think prob- I don't know. It seemed like seven years, uh, but I am ending my first year, and actually this media day kind of closes out all of the activities, so we're getting ready to get started up. But, yeah, it's it's, it's been a whirlwind. Wow. I mean, you've been obviously in intercollegiate athletics for a long time. I've done a lot of things, graduate of Prairie View A&M also. Um, the first thing, I want to talk about the first thing, I want to talk about this jet. Like, I want you to explain exactly the company and all that it entails, but I don't think I've ever heard of any conference in America that would have a jet company as a sponsor. Yeah, well, it was important for us to be able to provide, you know, opportunities for our student athletes. You know, when you go to the Power Five conferences, they have similar deals. It's just not pronounced. As you know, they fly on charter airlines all the time. Here in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, our main mode of transportation is the bus. And I tell the story as athletics director, might have been about 14 years ago, uh, I took my last bus trip. I rode from Houston, Texas to Huntsville, Alabama, about 15 hours. And when I got back, I vowed that that was going to be my last bus trip. So as commissioner, it was one of the first initiatives that I wanted to try to tackle and that was to give affordable transportation to our member institutions so they can be treated the same way as the Power Five institutions. Uh, City Jet uh, was that opportunity. Part of the deal, they're going to paint one of their 737s with the SWAC insignia. So as we go to these various cities, they're going to know that SWAC is coming. Uh, part of the deal is for them to significantly reduce their rates to a point to where our SWAC member institution can afford to travel. So not only is it a travel aspect, not only is it a swag aspect, it's the aspect to be able to get there and get back so our student athletes can go to class and continue that upward trend of our APR and graduating student athletes. So it brings a lot to our conference to be able to have that travel partner. A lot of work to be done. Everybody is not going to be able to utilize it, but we've already had four institutions to solidify travel. And just imagine. When we fly into Atlanta, Georgia, whoever wins uh, the SWAC championship, when we fly into Atlanta, Georgia for the Celebration Bowl, and we land on that SWAC jet, that's going to make a statement. And that's going to tell recruits, you can go to any SWAC school and get the same thing that you can get at any of these other conferences. That's our goal, and that's our mission. And I think part of the beauty of it is the fact that the logo, or uh, the logo, I guess, of the SWAC or the schools will be on that jet. Like, I've never, I don't, I mean, it, maybe I've never seen that before. Well, we want to travel first class, so that's first class. They they have to know. And I have a, a friend by the name of Earl Jemison that taught me a lot. And one of the things that he taught me, he said, AD, they have to see you coming. And that's ultimately what this is. We're telling everybody, you're going to have to look out for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We're going to do things first class. We're going to do it professionally. And we're going to do it correctly. So as we continue to increase our brand, 
as we t continue to increase our overall level of competitiveness, then we know what our value is and we know what our worth is. We know that we're first class. We're turning 100 years uh, in 2020. When you look at what the NFL is, the foundation was set because of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. You can say the same thing for basketball. You can say the same thing for baseball. We're just going to continue that heritage, honoring the heritage that we set up this conference on. We're going to continue to be trailblazers, and we want everybody to know, and we want them to see us coming. Wow. Dr. Charles McClelland is the commissioner of the SWAC he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. A couple of announcements you made. What went into the decision by the Council of Presidents to actually continue to have the SWAC football championship game on campuses? It's, I, I'm assuming it sounds like there could have been a possibility that you could have gone to the format of having it um, at one, you know, at an off uh, or a, a neutral site. Money, knowing your worth, <laughs> knowing your value. Uh, for far too long, uh, we have been putting on our SWAC championship, and that SWAC championship has cost us a tremendous amount of money. If you recall, the Council of Presidents voted to uh, take away the championship yeah. game, and then they made a decision to bring it back. Uh, my charge from the Council of Presidents was we love the SWAC championship, but it can no longer be a financial liability to the conference. If you can figure out a way for it to bring revenue, or not even bring revenue, not to cost us anything, we're all for it. We kind of stumbled into it last year because we had a stadium conflict, but when we brought it on campus, again, I, I always say this in the interviews, I haven't seen Alcorn's financial statements. I haven't talked to the athletics director, but I can add, subtract, multiply, and divide. I can look at how many people were in the stands, how much the tickets cost, how much parking was. Alcorn walked away with at least a half a million dollars. That changes the way that you think about it. And that's not hotels. That's not community dollars. That's not community involvement. So when we can bring a million and a half dollar event to our own community, transfer those dollars in between our own businesses and the member institutions share in that revenue, that changes the game. We now know what our worth is because we were able to bring it on campus and establish that baseline. So no longer are we going to allow ourselves to go to cities and cities not compensate us the real dollar value of what this game is worth. I said this earlier, I'm a sore loser. I, I showed that as athletics director. I hate losing. I got it as a kid. I wasn't very good as a basketball player. So when I started to lose, or if you weren't going to pick me up on your team, I took my ball and I went home. I use the same philosophy with this. If you're not going to pay me what my worth is, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Fortunately, we're a conference that have led FCS attendance 41 of the last 42 years. We have the fan base to do it. We have the recognition to do it. We have the television partner to do it. So why not do it? And we did it. So let me ask you this. Not to – I know we're looking forward, but why is it? Because something I've always heard, even when the SWAC championship game started in 99, that it lost money. I had a chance to be – I was at the – my first one was Birmingham. It was uh, Alabama A&M and somebody, but it wasn't any – it was cold. Nobody. So why did the SWAC continue to play those games knowing it was losing money? Well, there was a lot of intrinsic value. You know, you have – money in the coffers at one point but when the SWAC championship game went away we also lost sponsors 
We also lost brand recognition. We also lost leverage. And when you lose a nationally televised or potentially, because we never ultimately lost the television side, but sponsors left. So there's other dollars that are associated with it other than the cost of going into the city. And there are other benefits that are associated. So to be able to continue the championship game, there was a lot of intrinsic value. We just had to change the business model to be able to make it successful financially and successfully intrinsically. And that's ultimately what we did this year. In a lot of instances, we stumbled upon it. But a lot of great inventions, they said Thomas Edison fell down and hit his head, and that's how, you know, a lot of his inventions were created. So, and that's ultimately what happened to us. So, the basketball tournament, and, and this is a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good time for SWAC basketball. You know, Lindsey Hunter uh, back at Mississippi Valley State. Um, and now you've come to, an, what, a five-year agreement with the city of Birmingham to bring the tournament here for five years. Can you talk about, I know everybody knows SWAC football, but I think SWAC basketball is underrated. Yes, and our deal with Birmingham isn't solidified just yet. We have an agreement in principle, and I want to be clear about that because it still has to go through the processes of the city clearing all of its hurdles. But we felt confident enough to be able to talk about it uh, publicly. Our basketball brand is a huge, significant brand. If you look at what we've done with basketball, we've kind of bounced around. We were in Birmingham last year. The year before that, we were in Houston. I think we were in Houston five years. And then we were in um, Garland, Texas. We were in Dallas, Texas. We were in Biloxi, Mississippi. We were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Kind of bounced around. Uh, What we need is a stable basketball partner. And Birmingham allowed us to have that. Some people say, well, it's on the far fringes of Houston. Well, we've kind of solved that problem for you. You can get on city jet and get here in about an hour and a half, right? Cheaper than what you can rent the bus for or stay here for a week and then drive back. So we kind of looked at some of that transportation. But Birmingham has been a significant partner. And what we have been looking for is to be able to enter into a city partnership to be able to grow. When you look at even the MEAC, the CIAA, the SEC, the South, all of them have partnerships with the cities, and they've been able to build a tournament. So this is one of those opportunities that we're going to be able to do that. You know, coming from Houston to Birmingham, my first initial thought was I can't go from Houston to Birmingham. Coming here, it has a tremendous amount of things to offer. Uh, It's a progressive city. It's not that Birmingham, Alabama that you saw you know, in the Keep Your Eyes on the Prize documentaries. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Alabama is progressive. It's, and this probably sounds like an idiotic statement, and it is. It is an ignorant statement because ignorance is not knowing. We are 55 minutes from the state line to get to the eastern time zone. It opens up an entirely different category of branding, market share, we're two hours from Atlanta, so I did not realize even the, the recognition of where Birmingham is on the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, where we have mountains and hills and beautiful scenery and progressive people. And the leadership of Birmingham has been overwhelming and say, let's sell the beauty of Birmingham, but also let us put resources behind the Southwestern Athletic Conference to be successful. 
those are two positive things, and we want to stay here and we want to grow. That's Dr. Charles McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I had a chance to talk with him at SWAC Media Day on Tuesday in Birmingham. We're going to step aside. We're going to take a break, come back, finish up the conversation with the commissioner of the SWAC, Dr. Charles McClelland, and talk CIAA as From the Press Box to Press Row continues. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, um, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Had a chance to talk with SWAC Commissioner Dr. Charles McClelland on Tuesday at SWAC Media Day. And we're going to wrap that interview up now. Here are the last three or so minutes of the interview with the Commissioner of the SWAC, Dr. Charles McClelland. One of my thoughts would be particularly for older people. I'm not, I'm, I'm mid-40s. But my, when I, whenever I think Birmingham, to your point about eyes on the prize, my, my, I, I don't, it's nothing positive. I'm sorry, but just because of the history. So, what do you say to those people that a, you're bringing the basketball tournament here, but that, and, and I know this wasn't you, but that even not that long ago, SWAC decided to make Birmingham its home. Well, it says that Birmingham is not that place. That it is a progressive city. That it is a place that we want to bring our fan base and our membership to to be a part of and it says that they have the financial corporate city state county government to be able to make this thing go it takes all of those entities to be able to put on a positive progressive tournament and Birmingham has proven that they have all of those elements and it'll be part of our ability to be able to sell it but also that is why Birmingham wants these events here so America could see This is a positive, progressive city. This is not Birmingham of the 1960s or even the 1970s. This is Birmingham of 2019, 2020. And we now have the Southwestern Athletic Conference as a permanent, long resident partner uh, to be able to move forward and to bring championships and for our fans to enjoy. Last two thoughts with Dr. Charles McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC. What are some of the other things you have going on right now that you made the announcements? Those were the three that stood out, but you made some other announcements that you have going on with, uh, in terms of some of the great things going on in the SWAC. Well, we want to, again, continue to enhance our student-athlete experience. So we announced uh, Tiffany's will be our official uh, awards provider. So... You know, they're going to send us the white gloves. So as we hand out the all-swag teams and the, and the trophy celebration, 
you know, they're going to be done with the Tiffany's white glove. We think that that's extremely important because SWAC is synonymous with being first class. Tiffany's is synonymous with being first class. We want the two together. So, again, just to continue to enhance the overall student-athlete experience. And I think the last thing is we had mentioned that we're creating a commissioner's advisory council made up of leaders in the industry, not only in footwear but television and the financial sector, to help us to go out and maneuver this corporate environment to be able to bring those types of sponsors and that type of recognition back to the SWAC. And lastly, we will turn 100 years old. We're going to have a SWAC black tie red carpet gala. It's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, sometime mid-July of 2020, we're going to bring in an A-list entertainer, comedian to host, and we're going to go through the entire 100-year history, the importance. We're going to give out awards. We're going to talk about Barbara Jacket being the 1984 Olympic coach with Flo Joy and that group that brought home all of those gold medals. We're going to talk about Archie Cooley being the architect of the West Coast offense. We're going to talk about, you know, Charlie Choo Choo Brackens with Prairie View that infiltrated the NFL. We're going to talk about the Doug Williams, the first black quarterback uh, to win a Super Bowl. We're going to talk about Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver that ever played in the NFL. We're going to talk about the Ricky Weeks. We're going to talk about you know, the Armsteads now that has the multi-million dollars. We're going to go from start to finish and just celebrate what SWAC is all about because a lot of people miss that, and it's our obligation to show it. There's a lot of entities that started that's not around 100 years later, and we just want to celebrate that. So we're excited. It's a good time to be a part of the SWAC. The SWAC train has left the station, and we got a lot more to do, but there are a lot more good things to come. Lastly, what are some of the other things that you want to get accomplished? You know, that's a hard question, and I don't know if we have enough time. But ultimately, we're going to solidify our place at being the perennial black college, FCS, Division One conference in America. We're not just going to box ourselves in. We're going to show who we are, who we were, and what we're proposing to be, and that is the best in everything that we do. So all of our sponsorship goals, all of our competitive goals, all of our academic goals, and all of our monetary goals, we'll have that as a basis, being first class, being quality, and being the best. So some great things happening in the SWAC. Again, Dr. Charles McClelland, the commissioner of the SWAC. Anything that he had to say that you want to talk about, hit me up via Twitter, box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. He talked about the fact that the football championship is going to remain uh, on campus at the school, uh, at the uh, at one of the schools, but more notably the school that's the higher seed, which has worked well the last couple of years for uh, for the SWAC. He also mentioned and talked about the fact that they have a deal with Tiffany's, that they have a deal with a a a, a jetliner. Um, they have the SWAC uh, tournament going to be taking place in Birmingham for five years, even though that's not concrete. Um, but he, but he's put it out there. That is just a matter of crossing some eyes, uh, crossing some T's and dotting some eyes there. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, when he was talking, I mean, I was so impressed. I mean, I don't know that I've gone to one of these things and um, just the, the potential for what could happen for the SWAC. Um, I think sky is the limit, and I think they have the right commissioner in there uh, in Dr. Charles McClelland. 
Let's talk some CIAA football here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The CIAA had its media day on Thursday, and Bowie State was picked to finish number one overall. So it goes like this, 1 through 12, Bowie State, Fayetteville State, Virginia Union, Chawan at number four, Virginia State at number five, Winston-Salem State at number six, Shaw, Elizabeth City State, St. Augustine's, and at number 10, Livingstone, and then number 11, Johnson C. Smith, and rounding out the CIAA predicted order of finish is Lincoln. And basically what it says is that um, Bowie State, in a preseason fashion, of course, preseason means nothing, but that Bowie State is, is, is predicted to win the conference, and we would have a matchup in the CIAA championship game between Bowie State and Fayetteville State, which would be a rematch of last year's CIAA championship game. Listen, um, I, I, I don't, again, I don't necessarily disagree with that. To me, when you look at the CIAA the last couple of years, it's been about the team that's had the quarterback. Quarterback play, if it's been good, generally, that's the team that's won the CIAA. I mean, you look at Bowie State last year. Amir Hall was absolutely unbelievable. Bowie State wins the CIAA championship. Go back two years ago, Amir Hall was unbelievable, but it wasn't Bowie State that even played in the CIAA championship game. It was Virginia State that ultimately won it. They had a good quarterback in Cordario Cook. He's back uh, for his senior season at Virginia State. I mean, so let's break it down this way, and then I'll give you some further thoughts. Um, so in the Northern Division, Bowie State picked to win it, followed by Virginia Union, Chawan, Virginia State, Elizabeth City State, and Lincoln. And then in the Southern Division, Fayetteville State, Winston-Salem State, Shaw, St. Augustine's, Livingstone, and Johnson C. Smith. I, you know, I, 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 what Bowie State has right now is a blueprint and a good program. It's not a plug-and-play situation. You know, we had, of course, Damon Wilson, the head football coach, came on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast about a month ago and talked about what to expect from Bowie State in terms of the quarterback position. I, You know, even though the quarterback position for Bowie State in terms of who it's going to be may be unknown, I think the system allows for the quarterback to have success. Um, listen, Amir Hall, uh, Amir Hall was a special, special, special quarterback. It wasn't necessarily about the system. It was about Amir Hall. But if you go back some three or four years ago and, and go back three, four, five years, Bowie State has had a good quarterback. So, you know, again, there may be, I think there is a little bit of a question mark at quarterback for Bowie State because the last couple of quarterbacks have been good quarterbacks. We'll see how that plays out. Some good uh, uh, Bowie State does have some good uh, skill players. So, you know, they may be okay uh, there. But, I mean, you know, I, I, if I had to look at this thing on paper, I like, you know, I, mean, I, I think you have to go with Virginia Union. Like, Virginia Union's got the superstar running back in Tabius Taylor. Um, uh, Tobias Taylor, that it is, excuse me, superstar running back who is absolutely phenomenal, is gonna, has two more seasons um, at Virginia Union. Um, you know, a really good offensive line. Um, I, I, my hesitation on Chawan is this. Chawan, if you look at Chawan, last, even last year, I mean, they were sort of in the driver's seat at one point, and then it just, 
it, it just it, it didn't go sideways, but they didn't you know they lost you know a, a couple of games down the stretch that would have enabled them to win the Eastern Division. I mean, you know, they have their quarterback in Bryce Witt, who's really, really good. They got a really, really good running back in Tyrell Freeman. You know, the thing about Chawan is going to be that defense. How is the defense for Chawan going to hold up? That's going to be the question mark, and I think it is a big question mark for Chawan. That's why I wouldn't necessarily um, pick them. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I think you have to go with the champion. I mean, I, I'm going to give Bowie State the benefit of the doubt, even without Amir Hall. Um, but they have some some players, and they got. I mean, I'm going to tell you what: on the defensive side of the football is where this year Bowie State um, may really, really, really get it done. This kid Joshua Pryor was a freshman last year, had 20 some tackles for loss, a bunch of sacks. Watch out for that guy. I mean, that guy is a special player. But I think Bowie State is going to be pretty good overall defensively anyway southern division you know i mean i I have no problem with the predicted order of finish the eastern division has really taken over in terms of the best division in the ciaa i wouldn't sleep on shaw this year this kid Deion hunt the linebacker is phenomenal boxero all-american coming into his senior season led the ciaa in sacks or in tackles last year with 98 not going to sleep on shaw um, you know, St. Augustine's may be good as well. I mean, I, I think really it's a toss up. It could go either way in the Southern Division. Got to get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Don't forget about our event, the countdown to kickoff. Uh, Want to see your face in the place. Uh, the address for the countdown to kickoff, which begins uh, at noon. It's going to be in Durham, 4600 Durham Chapel Hill Boulevard. That's in Durham. Uh, eight of the 10 coaches from North Carolina going to be at the event. You don't want to miss it. Those of you who are not in North Carolina, you can watch the event on our website at BoxToRow.com. Just click on the link to watch the countdown to kick off. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Come on, baby.